0: Welcome to the 1,000 Hours Outside Podcast. My name is Ginny Urich. I am the founder of 1,000 Hours Outside. And I have a friend with me today. I'm so excited that she's here. We've spent some time together. We've met in person, which is always such a treat. Alicia Roth, welcome. Hello. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, so we've met through the Wild and Free community, which is a fantastic community, especially if you are a homeschooling family. Ainsley Arment runs that. And she just says, I mean... You can't really put it into words what she has built, don't you think?
1: Yeah, no, I agree. She's done just an amazing job of creating a community that has really encouraged a lot of women as parents and as
0: homeschooling moms. (laughs) Yeah. And I think she really helps. She gives like a venue for you to really dive into your passions. She she puts out these bundles and every month and they're just filled with beautiful content. And we met at one of the conferences, which the conferences are so fun. They're so fun. Uh, Like a highlight of the year. I love going. (laughs) I agree. Mm -hmm. And they sell out in a day. And so you have to get your tickets real quick. And she just does a lot. And it's like a big family reunion. (laughs) Yeah. So that's where we met. And it's interesting how sometimes you can be at a place for a weekend and you can build deep relationships in a very short period of time. And that's what I've noticed at those conferences is that you go away. I mean, how is that? You know? I know. It's pretty amazing. (laughs) Yeah, you go away and you know these people and you feel like you could reach out to them and call them or all of these different things. And so it's just such a beautiful thing she's built. And I'm so glad that we met in in Franklin, Tennessee. So we're both from the Midwest here. I'm from Michigan and we're not far, like an hour. So we've got to meet up at a state park.
1: Yeah, I'm from Indiana.
0: So Mm -hmm. you have just so much to offer. And I think that no matter what situation that moms are in, families are in, that you're they're going to get a lot out of this podcast. So just want to tell us your story. I know you reached out about being on the podcast for a specific purpose, and a specific topic. And I think that topic is really pertinent. So can tell us a little bit of your story and kind of weave in what's going on in your life right now. Thanks, Jenny.
1: So I am a homeschooling mom to four daughters. Um, and I am getting married soon, but I have been a single mom for the last three years. And so that has been a big part of our journey. I have started I started homeschooling eight years ago, which mm-hmm. is hard to believe. And I I didn't plan to homeschool, but I found Charlotte Mason and I fell in love. And so I just kept deep diving and started with my oldest. And one of the things I loved about Charlotte Mason is that she talked about spending a lot of time outside. And so that is something that we've done since the beginning. And I spent a lot of time outside as a kid. I I was in public school, but I still spent a lot of time outside and that uh, really impacted my childhood. So I wanted that for my kids too. And uh, I then encountered Wild and Free a few years after I started homeschooling. And I actually now have been writing and editing for them for five years, Uh, I had to check on, I had to check that. Uh, I can't believe it's been five years. (laughs) Yeah. And then in 2020, I got a divorce um, and that was really life-changing. It was the hardest thing I've gone through. It was really dark, Um, but I also have always been a really hopeful person. And it was really important for me to um, care for myself during that time, but also especially my daughters. And um, we had a lot of change during that time. And it happened, of course, in 2020 as well, which everything was crazy that year. And so being
0: outside nature was a really important part of that healing Mm -hmm. process. Yeah. So you were homeschooling in sort of the midst of going through this with young kids Mm -hmm. and you had to Mm -hmm. move. So tell us Mm -hmm. sort of about those, you know, maybe last few months into moving. I mean, you were out in the country, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So we lived in a farmhouse and I loved that farmhouse so much. <laughs> uh, we had five acres and we had some farm animals and it felt like my dream come true. And um, I knew that when we were getting divorced, divorce, that I would not be able to stay there uh, financially. I couldn't afford it. And then even just right. the upkeep of it, if I was going to also homeschool and financially provide for my children, I just couldn't do it all. Um, And so I knew that, but it was also really hard to accept that. But um, we ended up finding a place then in town and I just had this attitude where I'm like, I know you can love Mm -hmm. anywhere. (laughs) And so I was just determined, like, we're going to find ways to love this house and love uh, the outdoors here. And it was really different because at the farmhouse, we would just go outside on our property and there were animals there and there was land there. And we lived on a dirt road, a gravel road. And so um, it was a pretty quiet road. And when we moved to town, uh, we lived on a a busier street and we just had a small fenced in backyard. And one of the first things I did when we moved was I put a little jungle gym in the backyard And I was just like, I'm just going to find like something out or, you know, put something out there so that it'll draw Mm -hmm. the kids out. (laughs) And they do play on that. Although I think kids just have big imaginations. So I feel like they play outside in other ways more than they even play on that. (laughs) But yeah, we there's just like a couple of trees. I think just two trees on the property. And um I like learned what the tree was, the catalpa tree in the front yard. And I would sit under it and, and we would nature journal in all the different seasons. And you know, it was just one tree. We used to have actually the farmhouse when we moved there had 90 trees. We counted. <laughs> and so we went from a house that had 90 trees and to one tree. But it was special that we could intimately get to know the things on our property because there wasn't as many things. Um, and then in the backyard, we put a little hammock under, um, it was actually our, our neighbor's tree, but it, it like the shade comes to our side. Is <laughs> <laughs> <It's> your shade. <laughs> right? So it's our shade. So we put a hammock under that. And that's just on our property. And then, but there's a lot of fun things I learned about living in town. So I grew up in the country as well. So I have never lived in town in a house. So this is a new experience for me in my 30s. And I realized like we can walk to the ice cream shop. (laughs) That's an exciting Mm -hmm. experience. And um, there's restaurants that we can walk to. We can ride our bike to different parks, which is something like I've never been able to do. And so that's really fun. My girls, um, my youngest now is six. My oldest is 12. So they're a little older where they can all ride bikes or walk on their own. So we we walk or ride the bikes to the park. Um, Or actually... Um, sometimes some friends houses like that are within distance. And that's a really fun thing that we're able to do that we couldn't do at the farmhouse. And so uh, I think so much of life is just learning how to hold that bittersweet, you know, like feeling sad about the things that We had to leave behind um, because, you know, I still I still miss some of the things that we had on the farm. But just realizing the goodness
0: of what we have now that we we didn't have when we lived on the farm. It's just a really interesting point because people actually bring that up a lot. You know, they say, well, how do you do this? Basically, depending on where you live. And I think that there's pros and cons. I remember I grew up in a neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And so the, the pros were that there's sidewalks and that you can ride your bike and there's a lot of places mm-hmm. to go and there's other kids. And then I remember actually, mm-hmm. and we lived in a neighborhood as a family, we lived in a townhome after we had kids. And so uh, that we didn't have a yard. But what was really special is that I had a friend right down the street and five townhouses down or something like that. And we would go to each other's houses all the time with our kids. We'd spend the afternoons together. We'd walk to the library. I mean, it was awesome. And then you know, we moved out to the country. So sort of like you've been on both sides of it, but gone the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember yeah. the first time that we moved out to the country. And I was like, well, where are the playgrounds? And there weren't any, mm-hmm. there weren't any within any drivable mm-hmm. distance that was really close by. And I just didn't realize that you could be so far out that you're not near some of these things that are easy to meet up at or fun to play at. And so it's an adjustment. And I think that your point is a really good one, that no matter where you are, there's nature opportunities, and they look different depending on where you live. And there are fun things, no matter where you live, fun things that you can try and do. And it's a give and take for sure. So that's really encouraging. And then you also have this period of time, I know you're getting married next month. Have we have we brought that up yet? You and I talked about it at the beginning. No, I don't think so you're getting married. (laughs) You spent several years now adventuring with a lot of children and a lot of young children as a single mom. So Mm -hmm. can you tell us about Mm -hmm. that? Yeah. So becoming a single
1: mom meant that I knew some things were going to change, but there were ways that we did things already that I really loved. And one of the things that we did was we went camping a lot and I wanted to still be able to camp with my girls. And I actually decided when they were younger, that I wanted to get to all the Indiana State Parks before my daughters oh. graduated, um, and we were like well on our way working through those um, when I got a divorce, and so I my family goes camping, and so we we do go camping with them sometimes, so we often go to the same couple places. And so I was like, well, how are we going to get to, you know, these ones we haven't gone to yet. And there was a part of me that was like, you know, it's okay to let some things go when life changes there. You can't do, you can't do everything. And so, so I did consider that, but this felt like something that was important to me and to us. And I was like, I can do this. Like I've been camping all my life. And so actually the summer of 2021 was the first time that I took the girls camping all by myself and in a tent. Which we had tent camped before, but then um, my ex husband and I had bought a camper. So we had been going in a camper. So, um, so we like went back to the tent to the girls and I, and we went to um, Indiana Dunes State Park actually. And it was so fun. Uh, we had such a good time. A huge storm ended up coming through while we were there. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had something like that happen before. So that was a little scary where it's like, uh, it's just me and the girls and like you barely get a cell reception. So it was hard to even know where Mm the storm was. And uh, actually like some big tree limbs came down and thankfully our site just didn't have any trees, but yeah, they had never gone to the dunes before. So it was their first experience at the dunes and that was a lot of fun. And it was just a big uh, boost of encouragement Mm -hmm. for me to see like, we can do this. We just stayed for two nights and three days, you know, so it was, it wasn't crazy. Um, But yeah, they, they had so much fun and that was exciting for me to see. And we did it. And just that little encouragement helped me see like, okay, we can keep doing this. And so we went, we went back last year again. Usually I'm the kind of person that I just like to go to Uh new places all the time because there's so many things to see. (laughs) But they loved it so much and they asked to go Aww. back. So uh, we did We did go to a new one last year as well, but we also went back to the dunes. And again, like right on our way there, actually, we ended up having to stop and pull into a gas station because a huge storm was oh, coming through. Goodness. And so once we got to the dunes, there were like a bunch of trees, like, you know, tr- big tree limbs down again. Thankfully, it like came through before and then we were fine when we were there. But I was like, wow, we just keep bringing the storms. So, <laughs> And, uh, yeah, but we had fun again. And we also, um, went to another state park last year and we actually stayed in like one of their small cabins that they had. And that was my girl's first experience getting to stay in a cabin. So that was fun for them and a little bit less work than like setting up a tent and, you know, you have a little bit of running water. And then, uh, we actually went out two years ago out to, um, Vermont. I have family out there. So I went with a sister and a cousin and my daughters, uh, we drove to Vermont and it was beautiful. The leaves were changing colors. And so it was the perfect time to be there. And then um, on the way back, we stopped at Niagara Falls and the girls got to see Niagara Falls. Wow. And, Alicia. Um, yeah. So just like taking all these adventures. And it's, it's, it's not, I mean, it's crazy sometimes because it's four girls, but, but it just always feels worth it.
0: <laughs> yeah. I've definitely done some travel on my own without my husband because mm-hmm. he's working or, well, that's really the only reason <laughs> getting, yeah. you can't go. So we, uh, so we, you know, we still go and it is a lot. But then on the other hand, there is this part about when you're just dependent on yourself. There's not that I don't even know how to put it like you know, that sort of expectation of splitting the workload, and then you maybe you sort of get annoyed. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> you know, this yeah. is sort of part of it, right? And and we had on we had exactly. on the podcast, um, people got kind of annoyed about it. We had on the podcast, Stephen Ranella who he's he's a hunter. So some people aren't a fan because they're vegetarian or they're vegan. But he talks, mm. he's got this book where he talks about how he's basically bickering with his wife when they try an adventure with their kids. And I think it's realistic. You know, he thinks that they should bring this Mm -hmm. amount of clothes and she thinks that they should bring more and they bring less because he wants to be minimalist. And then, you know, the kid has an accident and they don't have the right thing (laughs) anyway. But I think that that's sort of real life. And so one of the things that happens when you're adventuring on your own, whether you're in a situation where you're a single parent or you're just in a situation where something cool comes up and your spouse can't go with you is that it does sort of force you to be self-sufficient and, or, that the kids mm-hmm. kind of step up and help, and I think that's a cool part too, yeah. and that's good for them. Yes, I remember I traveled with my mom yes. when I was in high school, and she would say she's kind of directionally challenged, so she doesn't have a great sense of mm-hmm. direction, and so I would help navigate through the airports, and that served me well, right? Because then I have those skills mm-hmm. as an adult, yeah. and
1: yeah, yeah, I can't set up our big huge tent on my own, like it's huge. I actually ended up so the tent we had before. Uh, I, it just is, it's big and you have to have two people. And so my kids had to help. Um, And you know, after driving to the place, even if it's just an hour and a half away, you kind of don't want to, and especially because I always try to get close to the playground. So they see the playground and they just want to go play, but I'm like, Hey guys, like I can't do this on my own. And, and it is, it's good. It's good for the kids to just see the different things that need Mm -hmm. to be done and to see, and for me to ask for that help. But I did end up buying then one of those tents that just like basically pops up in, in one, like,
0: shot. <laughs> okay. it's like, who is a brilliant person? I remember as a kid, you know, you had to match right? the color of the pole. It was, like, all the green and, right? and the, the things rubbed off or it's got a piece of tape and the tape is missing. Exactly. They really come along long way with the tent technology.
1: I know. It's amazing. And they're not really that much money. I just remember I I got home after I think our first one. And I was like, okay, I'm looking up these tents that just like pop up in in one shot, you know, and that you can get them on Amazon and they're really not that expensive. And I was like, sold (laughs) on doing it. And uh and you know, so me, I might end up being a little bit of help still. But uh, but that yeah. was a lifesaver as a single mom to have a tent like that. And then they like to just set it up in the backyard too, sometimes. And if it was a hard tent, like I'd be like, nope, not worth it. But you know, with that easy tent, like we'll just set it up even in our little fenced in backyard sometimes. Um, and and it's fun even to just camp at
0: home. <laughs> oh, what an adventure. And it really is. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com 1000. That's drinkag1.com 1000. Check it out. Everyone wants to start their year off on the right foot, and for me, that means making sure I'm eating well and have enough energy to do everything I want to do. But I'm not going to run to the butcher every day to get a fresh cut of quality meat. That's why Good Chop is such a lifesaver for our family. Good Chop offers fully customizable boxes of high-quality meat and seafood delivered to your door on your schedule. Their products are vacuum-sealed and frozen at peak freshness, so you can stock your freezer and cook when you want. We had a somewhat last-minute get-together recently, and it was so incredibly convenient to just head to the freezer and pull out a couple bags of Good Chops hamburger patties to whip up some burgers quickly. They were so delicious. Besides being delicious, it's important to know it won't cost you a fortune either. Good Chops' price per meal starts at just $3.74. Go to goodchop.com slash outside120 and use code outside120 to get $120 off across your first four boxes. That's code OUTSIDE120 at com slash OUTSIDE120 for $120 off. com slash OUTSIDE120, code OUTSIDE120. I mean, the more that I read, the more that I talk to people, the constant thread is, kids should be doing more than we think they should do. And it helps them to build their self-esteem. It helps to give them skills. So if they're setting up their sleeping bag, and then, you know, I kind of was a mom that was like, mm-hmm. oh, I should do everything for them. I should carry everything. And yeah. if they're fussing, oh, yeah. I should make yes. sure that, you know, I give them a sucker. And, but you know, I, I changed a little mm-hmm. bit over the years. in reading these things and learning that, yes. you know, a little bit of like discomfort, right? So there's that book, The Comfort Crisis, but a lot of people are talking about that too, that a bit of discomfort actually makes the comfort feel better. And I think it helps you to have a more fulfilled life.
1: Yeah. And I feel like I always see that when we go camping, because it usually is really hot at some point when you're camping in a tent, especially because you don't have air. I usually, a lot of times we'll get a site that still has electricity. Um, A lot of the campgrounds like only have those kind of sites. Um I know Indiana dunes is like that. So we'll take a fan and, and still have a fan, right. which is nice. But uh, you know, there's no air air conditioning. And it's August in Indiana. So it's hot. And so a lot of times you wake up and it's so hot. And the and the girls Will usually complain about things like that. Like it's so hot or like if it rains, you know, it's like you're stuck in the tent. And so the trips, like they, they aren't without complaining um, from my girls, but the big takeaway is that they ask again to go back, you know? So it's like, sometimes when you're there, you're like, why did I even do this? You know, it's mm-hmm. so much work and they're complaining, but in the end, like, you know, it's just mm-hmm. so worth it. And they, they have so much fun and they make memories and they, they swim, And play in the sand and then they ask to go back. And so, um, it's, it's remember, yeah, it's just remember to take, to take that away. And they're kids. So you're probably going to have them complain and they're probably not
0: going to want to have to do all the things. And just remembering that
1: that comes with the, the fun.
0: Yeah. I mean, it gives them a foundation to understand what goes into a trip i think so then they have that to build mm-hmm. off of i know i talked to adelaide she does talk box mom which is all about foreign language they travel around the world and that's one of the things that she said is she even includes the kids in the planning of the trips these are all skill sets mm-hmm. that you learn is how do you yeah. pack how do you know what you need to bring and how do you adjust for the next time yeah. i mean i think that's part of it too is that there's always things that go wrong so then you're learning when yes. you're young that look, you know, adventuring is not perfect and it, it there are parts of adventure mm-hmm. that are downright awful but you learn and you adjust and mm-hmm. you forget and you are flexible. You know, it's kind of it almost reminds me a little bit of childbirth. It's like you don't really remember yeah. it's like you remember that it was painful but you don't really yes. remember the pain exactly. Until it comes around it again. again. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. All right. But even with the adventuring, <laughs> right. it's like, well, you remember that you were hot. You remember that you were itchy. Mm-hmm. You know, you remember these different things, but really more so, you just remember the memories. And it feels yeah. good to think back about jumping in the waves and campfires and all those types of things. And like you said, I think the proof is in the pudding. If the kids are asking to go back, that's obviously what they're remembering Yeah. Too. So, okay, yeah. so then this summer... <laughs> Do you have any plans yet? I know you're getting married right before.
1: Yeah. So um, we have some plans, but okay. So one of the things I did as well is that I started adventuring with me mm-hmm. for myself. And so um, I had been with my girls all the time since the day they were born because like right. I homeschooled. So they were always with me. Um, I think the longest I had been gone from them was two days maybe like I had I had almost always been with them. And so a divorce definitely changes things. And so they were they still primarily are with me. Um and the schedule that I have with their dad is that they go to him just for two mm-hmm. days at a time. And so um that was fairly easy to adjust to. But then um the first time he took them on vacation for a full week felt really hard for me. Like I I felt sad and a little anxious thinking about it because I would never been gone from them for that long and that was in 2021. So, I was like I want to do something for myself. I don't want to just yeah. sit at home during this week because I don't want to, you know, think about how I miss them. So, I had a friend who loved Utah and he talked a lot about Utah and so I was like I I never thought about Utah before and and then I started looking into it I'm like I guess we live in the Midwest. <laughs> I know, right? I live in the Midwest. I was born in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. So I've spent a lot of time on the East Coast and not a lot of time now in the Midwest. Um, I made a lot of trips to Florida and my best friend lives in California. So I've, I've flown out there a lot of times, um, but just not in in those states like Utah, the desert in the desert area. And so I looked into it and I was like, Oh, there's a lot of fun things in Utah, and they have five national parks there. And so I didn't want to go by myself. And I, we have a family friend who he was going to be doing a summer long out west trip and he was actually like helping me with the floors in my house um and i was renovating and so i just mentioned like ah, oh, i kind of want to try to find like go out to utah and he's like well i'm gonna be making this whole big out west trip and like driving my car so if you want to like fly out to utah i could pick you up and you could just do a week in utah and this guy is older and has done like a lot of travel and so he knows like how to do it <laughs> and so i was like that sounds really good so that's what he did i in It was July of 2021. I flew out to Salt Lake City and then and we like drove down to Zion National Park and spent two days there. And then drove over to Bryce Canyon and did a day there. And then uh drove to Arches National Park and did a day there. So we didn't make it to two of them because there's so many. <laughs> you can't even fit them all in a week. <laughs> um, and then I also went to uh hot springs for the first time. I'd never been a hot uh to a hot Springs. and uh so we found one that was off on like a little beaten path and went to that, and it was so fun. It was my first time ever being to a national park. Like we spent a lot of time camping and being outdoors with my family growing up, but we didn't ever do national parks. Wow. Um, And I caught the bug. I was like, oh my word, these are so fun. <laughs> and I just, you know, we, we talk so much about how important it is for play and even for adults to play and play feels really hard for me sometimes. And I realized like, I think I felt like I had to be an adult from a really really young age. I'm the oldest daughter in my family and I think I just really early like learned like how to be really responsible and make sure everybody's okay. Mm. And I always like wanna play, but I'm just like what does that look like? And I felt like when I was at those national parks like hopping around on rocks and everything, I was like, "Oh, this is so easy to play. Like this feels like play." Mm. And it didn't feel hard and it, I just felt really alive. And so, you know, it's my first week Away from my daughters for that long, which felt so hard, but I just felt really alive and really mm. happy. And so then I just was like, all right, I'm gonna start going to all these national parks. <laughs> and so we only have one in Indiana, it's uh Indiana Dunes. Uh they they have a state park and a national park, it just became a national park in uh 2019. So yeah, so we got one here. Uh so I've been there. And then um last summer, actually, I took a solo trip out to South Dakota. Wow. So I had asked a couple of friends if they could go, but it just didn't work out for them. And I was like, you know what? It was the same, again, the same thing where my girls are going to be with their dad. Um, and I was like, you know, I really want to go still. It's drivable. It's about like 15 hours to the like the first stop that I was going to go to. And I don't mind driving. I'm, I'm cool with road trips. And I also just felt like this is going to be like a really spiritual trip I think for me just to like spend this time with myself in nature with God and just to um do this by myself and so I felt there's a little part of me that felt nervous but mostly I felt really excited and so I did I went out there by myself um and I went to the Badlands National Park which is incredible and A lot of history there that's really cool to read about, too. So that's the other thing that's so cool about traveling. You learn so much about history. (laughs) And then Wind Caves National Park is also in South Dakota. And that was my first time being in a big cave like that, which was really cool. Yeah. And then I did a couple. I've been to Shenandoah out in Virginia. Mm -hmm. Went there with my cousin. Uh, It was like
0: last May, and it was freezing. Like, you would think May would be okay. Yeah. They close it. I mean, it's not even open. I know they close it early. My parents like that one. So the season... The season okay. is small. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, it was May and it was like 30 degrees. And we were pet right. camping. So it was it was a little crazy, but it, it was still beautiful. And then I actually just last week I went down uh to Congaree in, in South Carolina and then Smoky Mountains uh in North Carolina, Tennessee. So I'm just like taking them off. <laughs> yeah. and so this summer, I'm you were asking about this summer. Uh this summer I'm hoping to make it out to uh, Glacier National Park, which has been like on the t- top of my list for a while. Um, I just hear it's beautiful. And um, and then maybe over to Washington to a few out there too. So those, um, I want to take my girls to some too, but those are like what I do when the girls aren't with mm-hmm. me. Like it's, it's just a really beautiful thing for me uh, that just, yeah, feels really good and happy when they're gone. Yeah. And so I'll do that. And then I think, The girls and I are going to go out to the farm village, wild and free farm village. We went last summer. That's so cool. Oh, isn't it amazing? It is. (laughs) Yeah. So I've been there a couple of times. My girls went one time, but we've never been to one of their summer camp Mm -hmm. things. So um, I'm hoping to make it out there. Uh, to one of the summer camps with the girls this summer and then maybe try to like get over to some of the historical sites like in Virginia after that, because you're so close. And so try to get over there. So yeah, we just, uh, and we'll probably go to state park because I always try to get one new one in at least every summer, but I haven't decided which one yet. So yeah, we'll probably over plan. I usually want to do too many things and I'll be a little stressed, but it's always worth it. Mm.
0: That's really a lot packed in there. Mm -hmm. I think it's an interesting thing to think about, going on a solo trip when you have kids. And it's sort of like what we talked about earlier, that there's pluses and minuses and you get to maybe slow down a little bit like you said you get to read about the history you know when you've got four young kids with you they're off you're not going to you don't get to stand around and read the signs yeah. you know sometimes i'm trying to snap pictures so i can read them mm-hmm. later cuz you're interested it's like you're old <laughs> you know that's how i feel mm-hmm. i'm like i think that when you hit the age when you right. want to read the signs that's like the sign that you're, you're like tipped into older age here. so you know it's really It's an interesting thing to think about because in down the road, childhood doesn't last forever. And so at some point you're getting a taste Mm -hmm. of what your life might look like in 10 years, 10 to 15 years. And it's cool. Mm -hmm. You know, you're sort of already learning. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe once the kids are grown and they've, they're off doing their own thing, what might my life look like? And you've gotten Mm -hmm. a little bit of a taste of that. And I think it's really inspiring to see that you're just, you're filling it with adventure and, not sitting around and trying to find things that help you thrive. And in doing so, it's just led to more and more adventure over the years.
1: Yeah, that's one thing I've definitely realized. Uh, My oldest also decided to go to public school this year. And so between like a divorce where the girls aren't with me all the time, and then my oldest going off to public school, I just saw ways where I was like, oh, like, they're not going to always be with me. (laughs) And you know, you know that, but... I mean, especially when you homeschool, you just really get used to being with your kids. And, and I I mean, there's times it's overwhelming, but I love it. I love being with my kids. And so it's been a really good task for me to think about what do I love and what makes me feel alive mm-hmm. and realizing, yeah, that at, at some point my girls, my daughters will all graduate and starting to build some of those habits now of what I really love to do. And, you know, some of those things they are indoors, but I, I've realized that a lot of those things that I love to do are outside mm-hmm. and um, it's fun building those habits now.
0: <laughs> It is. And I think you have to learn that somehow. You know, you read these books and they talk about you can't wait till retirement because you won't know yourself, basically. You have to know yourself. Mm-hmm. It's so they say it's yes. sort of a foolish idea to think, okay, I'm gonna work, 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 wait till retirement and then go live my life and live it up because you just don't have any practice in that mm-hmm. and you don't really know yeah. what those things are. And so for you to have gone to these different places, and then you know where you would want to go back to, where you're like, Oh, that I went once and that was enough. When there's other places that I want to go, yeah. you learn how to research and how to find the things that you love. So that's really inspiring. Yeah.
1: I know another thing that that I was worried about too with moving was winter because we used to live on more land. And I was like, man, what are we gonna do in the winter? Like when we just, you know, have the small fenced in backyard. And so even that like has just been Uh, a learning experience of realizing like how, you know, how do we spend our time outside in the winter in a new place? Um, And so, uh, you know, the one thing that's really great about living in town is that everything is plowed right away. And so, so uh, you don't get stuck very very easily uh, at home. So you can go places easier. Um, But you know, we, my girls still can build snowmen and uh, we love, there's, uh, have you ever been to Pokagon
0: Park? It's a state park. In Indiana? No, it's one of my parents. My kids have been. Some of my kids have been with my parents. They okay. love that one because there's the toboggan run, and there's a the pool. Yeah, that's what I was gonna
1: say. There's a. To- mm-hmm. Yeah, so they have a toboggan run where you can. Yeah, you can go there. And So my, I took my girls there for the last the first time last year. And that was so fun. Um, and so I think even sometimes just realizing like the things that are just close to you that you can drive to that are outside. Um, so we have a favorite nature preserve that we go to and like, we can drive an hour to that state park and go tobogganing in the winter. There's a state, uh, not a state park, but a a park that's an hour from us that has a couple of waterfalls. And so I do, I love to travel and my girls and I do that, but I think a really important thing is to learn your favorite nature places that are close by
0: that you can visit um, just when you're at home. It's interesting because when I grew up in just a regular neighborhood and one of my favorite things to do as a kid was to shovel snow. I just loved it. It's like rhythmic and it's quiet it. and it's exercise. Like you, though, you know, you feel good afterward because it's like that yeah. heavy work. And really I would say it's like one of my favorite things from childhood was shoveling our driveway. And then, you know, you build up the big snow mounds on either side and then we would play in those, uh-huh. you know, you, you turn them into things. You got these huge, yes. they're like your own snow mounds. And what's interesting is now that we're in the country, like we don't do that because you have a plow, your driveway is longer. Yeah. So, it really is a give and take. And I think that, you know, Mm -hmm. Leah Bowden talks about just sort of like loving the life that you're in, you know, don't spend so much time looking Mm -hmm. around and, you know, everyone's situation is different and just trying the best. And I know that it can be very challenging that people are in devastating situations. And so, you know, that there are really major hardships. But when you're in a spot where you've healed some, and you're sort of getting back into the groove of life that you look around and try to embrace the life that you are living. And that's sort of what you've talked about this whole time here, which is, you know, it's probably not ideal to go through a divorce with four young kids as a homeschooling mom, Mm -hmm. living in a farmhouse that you love, but then you're Mm -hmm. taking the situation that you're in and trying to make the best out of it and living a full life in the meantime, which is super inspiring and encouraging. Yeah, And I, I think, think anyone do. can mm-hmm. take things out of that, depending on the situation, the things that they're going through. The holding the bittersweet is what you said. And I think that's a really beautiful mm-hmm. way to put it, holding the bittersweet. So can we switch gears a little bit? Because you mentioned this earlier. And I'd love to dive a little bit deeper. You said you've been writing and editing for Wild and Free for five -hmm. years, is what you said. That's awesome. So tell us a little bit more about that. Mm -hmm. Tell us about what you write for them, what you edit for them. And uh, we could talk about what's coming next. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I went to college and got an English degree. I've always loved to write. When I was younger, I said, I'm going to be an author when I grow up. Um, and I would write long stories when I was in elementary school. Um, I actually, I had a willow tree on at the house that I lived um, as a child. And I remember just going and sitting under that willow tree and writing stories. So I've always loved to write and be outside while I do it. Aww. And so I, um, five years ago, I had been homeschooling for a few years. I had known about wild and free and I'd love to read their stuff. Uh, and I actually had gone to one of their conferences already. And I thought, you know what? Like I've been doing this for a little while. I think I'd like to write about mm-hmm. it. So I reached out to Ainsley And I was like, Hey, I'd love to write an article. And so I wrote an article and then I went to write a second article and I read back through my first one and I found a typo. And so I sent an email to Ainsley and I was like, uh, I was like, Hey, like, this is my idea for a second article. Is this okay? And also you might've already caught it, but I found a typo in my first one. I just wanted to let you know. And she responded and she was like, thanks. She's like, are you interested in editing she's like we've actually been praying for an editor it's just too much for me to wow. do now um as wild and free gets bigger and i just look at that and it it's just such an wow. incredible thing because i i just know it was ainsley's just so in tune and it was just something inside of her that felt that because um we didn't really know each other and i just sent an email saying i found my own typo <laughs> but i was i actually like i have an english degree and i do i love to edit. And it was it was a really beautiful opportunity for me because my my kids were getting just a little bit older. They were still young, but I wasn't having any more babies, and it gave me something to do that was for myself. Um, And so I continued to write for them. Um, Still, I still write for them. Um, I write about um, homeschooling and parenthood, Um, and I've even I wrote a few articles just even about how about being a single mom and homeschooling, and so that's just a a different experience. But it's something that I been able to do. It was something that was really important for me when we got a divorce. Mm-hmm. And I know it's not something that that everybody can do, but um, I knew I could do it. And, you know, some of that was like giving up the farmhouse in order mm-hmm. to do it. Um, but I, I wanted to be able to do that. So, yeah, I write I write about things like that for them. And then I edit their their bundles. So they have a bundle that they put out every month.
0: You edit those. I didn't know. I do. That's me. Yes. Yes. Alicia, that's so cool. Yeah. I could never do uh, that. So cool. I could like... never. I have typos in everything I do. <laughs> I don't see them. So what a cool thing. I mean, this is a very fantastic <laughs> yeah. skill set. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Question. What's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Read a few chapters of that book, start painting that guest bedroom, tackle that pile of laundry, play a card game with your kids. A lot of us spending our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. If you're feeling stuck, therapy is something that can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is a wonderful thing. It can help you learn positive coping skills or show you how to navigate properly setting boundaries. With BetterHelp, it's easy to get started. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try and visit betterhelp.com 1000 hours to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot 1000 hours. When the skies open up while others seek shelter, I embrace the rain. Heading to my favorite hike, the raindrops are like a soothing melody and my Vessies ensure each step is dry and comfortable, turning a simple outing into a rather delightful experience. Whenever my kids and I are stepping into a great outdoors adventure, I love wearing Vessies stormburst boots to capture the beauty of springtime landscapes. Their robust style is perfect for our nature excursions adding a little dash of elegance to our outdoor explorations. This spring, transform how you view wet weather with Vessi. Their Dymatex technology makes their shoes not just waterproof, but a stylish barrier against rain and puddles. Whether it's a sudden downpour or a planned seaside walk, Vessi shoes ensure your feet stay dry and comfortable. Embrace the essence of spring with Vessi. From chic city walks to adventurous treks, find the perfect pair for your lifestyle at Vessi.com slash outside and enjoy an automatic 15% off your first order upon checkout. That's V-E-S-S-I.com slash outside for 15% off your first order. Wow. So you edit. I mean, those are big yes. things that the beautiful things that come out every yes. single month. Yes. Yeah. Every month. So
1: there's, uh, they have a, a sample, they call we call it a sampler. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's the print magazine that we put out every month and that usually has 12 articles in it. And so, um, part of my job is to take the longer articles and I have to often shorten them because they have to be a certain word count to fit in the print Mm -hmm. magazine. And so I do that. And then I also edit all about like 20 articles the, the rest, we, we put them all online. So it's usually about 20 each month and I edit them for, you know, grammatical issues or, um, anything else like that. And I love it. Like, I just think it's a dream come true that like, I get to do what I love, which is, is it's nerdy, but it's editing and I get to do it on a topic. I love.
0: Wow. Homeschooling. <laughs> you know what? That is the coolest. I feel like for me, well, I have typos in everything. In fact, sometimes people ask, they're like, you know, how do you build a social media following? And I say, well, if you're good at typos, then you'll get a lot of comments because people can't handle it. They'll be like, right? that's wrong. You're wrong. Right? <laughs> and you get a bunch of comments. But um, not It's not, it's it. not my it. thing, but you know, I love to read and I am now in this position where, I mean, every single week I'm getting books and they, they just send them the editors, the different publishing companies. I mean, I just oh, open wow. up the mailbox and there's another book, you know, they're hoping to maybe do a podcast or you know, just some sort of promotion. So, I mean, it's the coolest thing ever. I'm like, I get all these books and I get them a lot of times ahead of time. So it's really, isn't it cool cool. that even as a homeschool parent, you often feel that, and like this is obviously not the whole audience that's listening, it's homeschooling, but I do want to touch on, since we're talking Mm -hmm. about it, that I think one of the fears of being a homeschool parent is that you lose yourself. And, you know, I think in Mm -hmm. some ways you are sort of morphing but in a lot of ways, yeah. I think you have these opportunities somehow to hone in on mm-hmm. the things that you really love. Maybe you learn it partially because you're helping your kids learn it. It's just sort of on your mind, yeah. which is who are you and what makes you tick and who am I and yeah. wh- what are the things and, and those opportunities? I mean, what a thing, Alicia. And yeah. I think it's a really cool thing about Ainsley is that she is providing that for women who have made the choice to stay at home with their kids, but they were a photographer, mm-hmm. they were an artist. And so she gives them yeah. this venue to still be able mm-hmm. to really utilize those skills. And so that's another beautiful thing. She does.
1: I mean, just really I, she does. She does so, what? so many cool what? things,
0: Yeah, but,
1: but yeah, I agree. I think that, uh, you know, there, there are some years where you might just have to, focus in on motherhood. And I know I had that when my girls were really young. And I and I actually loved it at that point too, because it was just so incredible to have these babies that I got to spend all my time with. But I think for most of us, there is also a time where we want to um, spend time with our own passions. Mm. And I know for like you were saying that some of those things I realized just from having kids. So spending time outside was something I loved to do as a kid, but you kind of lose sight of it. You, you go off to university and you just spend a lot of time studying. Um, and then, you know, you, you might go right on to working a job where you spend a lot of time in an office or you have kids and you're, you know, busy, like with your kids and making meals and cleaning house. And, um and so Realize like when I started to homeschool and I realized one of the things I wanted to be intentional about was spending time outside. Well, then I'm spending time outside. At that point, they're too young to just be outside much by themselves. And so that encouraged me to be outside, which reminded me how much I love to be outside and um, history. Like I, started loving history and you know what you were saying earlier about reading the signs. Like I love reading books about history, but also when I go
0: places now, I'm like, I want to know it all. (laughs) It is a gift. It's a gift. I think to have these children and to have these experiences with them and even the boundaries, I think that it's like the boundaries are the thing that sometimes like, Oh, I wish I didn't have these boundaries. I wish I had more time. I wish, but when Mm -hmm. you have those boundaries, it forces you i think to hone in on well how if i have 20 minutes what am i doing with that time and if i scroll through my phone i'm not feeling fulfilled at the end but I, i like to read fiction so I like to read, I like to play the piano. Mm-hmm. And so it puts you in that mindset of saying, look, I have to capitalize on this. I only have this limited window and what's mm-hmm. going to make me come alive. And so it is a gift, I think, yeah. in a roundabout way to have these boundaries and to have less time than maybe we think we would want. But
1: yeah. somehow I love how you word that, though. I love how you word that as boundaries.
0: Yeah, because it is. That's a great way to look at it
1: where it's like we we have certain amounts of time and we can use them for, you know, for the most mm-hmm. for in the best ways that we possibly can if we if we see it in that way. And I, you know, there's times where I just need to veg out. But there's a lot of times where I know the things I like now. And so I'm like, oh, I have like my kids
0: are in bed. I want to do these things that I yes, like. <laughs> yes. Like embroidery. I just got an embroidery right. kit. <laughs> this, is, this is like, I and, know. Oh, goodness. I was just talking. I always forget when I can't. Uh, attribute the name, but if people are going to just have to listen to the podcast episodes. It hasn't come mm-hmm. out yet, but I was talking to, I think it was Jill Winger. I'm not sure if you know her. She has a cookbook out okay. and Jill Winger, she has Old Fashioned on Purpose. She has a book coming out in September and it's Old Fashioned on awesome. Purpose. And she was talking about how when you work with your hands, your brain releases dopamine. So uh, all the crochet and the knit and the cross stitch okay. and the embroidery. We're drawn to that because it helps us feel yeah. better. So I just love it. You use love your time that. doing that instead of mindless things and you get a lot out of it. So I think what a what a hope-filled message, Alicia, for moms, for single moms, for moms that are in the trenches with really young ones. It does get easier for people that are going through hardships and maybe at this point are really in the dark that there is mm-hmm. hope and there is light and things change and grow and evolve, and for you, yeah. you have this writing now. Is and and it started with a typo. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a story, right? Right? That's it a story. Is. Look, you messed yeah. up. What if you wouldn't have messed up? Oh, I love that. Yeah, exactly. Isn't it? It's that's embarrassing. I would have been mortified. I would imagine you were. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, come on, can yeah. I write for you? And then you have a typo. Right? I mean, that's that's embarrassing. <laughs> my first one. That is embarrassing. Yes. And to have to go back and to have to say that. And I think some people would have just mm-hmm. ignored it, you know, but to go back yeah. and to have that conversation. And so that's what led to where you are today. And then w- where you are today, you have more coming. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah. So I, through Instagram, I started sharing about my divorce um, almost a year after we had separated a little bit less than that. Um, and i about like five months after the divorce was finalized. And so everybody in my uh, life knew that lives local, you know, people I talked to a lot, like they all knew. Um, but it was... It was hard and it was draining. I mean, it's, it's emotionally draining just going through a divorce, but then having to tell people is just a lot. And, um, I just learned that I had to protect my energy in that. And so I didn't talk about it on on Instagram for a long time and and I knew that that was okay, but it's also really important for me to be authentic in all of my spaces, but including that space. Um and so I knew there would be a time and early 2021 I decided I was going to share and I was really nervous because most of my following is conservative homeschooling moms and so I was just like they're not going to understand and you know I'm and I'm going to feel really alone, but I just feel like I need to do this. Um, and so I did, I shared, and I was just so surprised and overwhelmed by the responses um, of love that I received and and of care. Um, but the other thing that happened is I started having women reach out to me who were going through divorces or who were in really unsafe marriages or whose husbands had like, just told them they didn't want to be married anymore. Mm-hmm. And I didn't expect that. I just like, you know, I, I, I knew the space I was working with and I just, I didn't think that I would have that, um, from my followers. Mm. And I began to see like, wow, there's a need to talk about this more. Like if there's one thing that people need in life, it's to know that they're not alone. So, um, I, I started to share about it from time to time more and, and it still would feel hard because, um, you know, it's, it's already a sensitive, emotional thing to talk about, but, um, I still knew like, that it wasn't a normal thing to talk about in this space. I, you know, talking about homeschooling was easy, talking about parenting was easy, talking about divorce just felt a little scary. But every time I did so, I had women reach out to me and a number of them that would say, I don't know anybody that I can talk to about this. And that just grabbed at my heartstrings. And um, you know, for a while I just interacted with these women and then, you know, share things on my own feed from time to time. And then eventually I realized, um, just inside myself. And then from some things that other people said to me is, I think this needs to be talked about on a bigger scale. Mm -hmm. And so I started writing a book this year, actually, Mm -hmm. uh, about divorce, um, and then also about the healing process afterwards. And at first I just wanted to talk about the healing process, um, You know, it's a journey I've gone through. It's something a lot of women ask me about, like, what does this look like? How do you, how do you heal from this? And so I know that's necessary, but I also realized as I started writing that I just like divorce itself just needs to be talked about, Um, especially in Christian circles. It's just a hard topic. And so we ignore it a lot of times um, or just stamp a few Bible verses on it. Um, But so many people go through it, Um, whether they choose it or whether the person they're married to chooses it for them, um, they go through it. And even to people that just have really, really hard marriages that have talked to me and they've ended up, you know, deciding to stay in their marriages, but they still just need to be able to talk about it. And so, um, yeah, so I decided I, I want to actually talk about divorce itself as well in this book. And so I'm in the process right now of writing it and, um, it's been really good and really therapeutic for me to write it. But also my hope is that it will really reach the women who, um, who have been reaching out to me and the ones that are Um, to come that will just need this topic for someone to talk about it and to know like, this is what it looks like afterwards. There there can be an
0: after to divorce that is vibrant and alive and happy. What a thing that you felt like you were going to be alone. And instead, Mm -hmm. you've helped other people not feel alone. That's really a beautiful story and a beautiful twist. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's what we're supposed to do is to share and to share our stories and to share our lives. And in doing yeah. so, those worthy stories touch a lot of people. I And there's a lot of times where we think like, oh, is it really going to matter? Or, but it does. It really does. Yeah. So people need to hear your words. So people are listening. I, the, I always love this thing that, you know, we're all influencing. We're all influencing. We all yeah, have a circle are. of people that we are deeply influencing. Mm-hmm. So, what an encouragement to share, to share what we're going through, in at the right time and in the right ways. But yeah, yeah, um, to know that we yeah. can really touch people. So, if people are interested in seeing where this, but bo- when this book comes, and I know it's a process. I just went through the process. It's actually a lengthy process yes. to get a book out into yes. the world. But um, can you tell people where they can find and follow you?
1: Yeah. So I am most active on Instagram right now. And on Instagram, I am little women farmhouse, which is bittersweet. I know it is bittersweet. Yes.
0: But I like it. It's a part of your story. I know. I, I really like it. Yes.
1: Yes. I have four daughters and we, we lived on a farm. And I know when I t- when I moved, I thought about, should I change it? And you know, it just was like, nope, this, this just feels right. And so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm still little women farmhouse there on Instagram. And then I have a website that I'm just launching right now. It is alisharoth.com, A-L-I-S-H-A-R-O-T-H.com. And that will include more information about the upcoming book um, and just other things that I post along the way. way, um, And that's where you can keep up um, with things about the book then if you're interested in that.
0: Yes. So, and you'll have a newsletter for people to sign up for. Which is just helpful. I think that if there's Mm -hmm. people out there that are encouraging you and they're helping you along in their journey, then sign up for their email list (laughs) because it's an easy thing that you can do to help that content continue to be available. And it helps that author with, you know, getting their book deal and all of those types of things. So sometimes little things actually go a long way, leaving a review, that type of thing. And it just helps to keep the content wow. out there that really encourages and inspires you. Otherwise, it's, it's tricky. It's a lot of work. There's a lot of expense. It's a lot it of time. And so what a cool thing that some yes. of these small things can make a difference. So aliciaroth.com and at Little Women Farmhouse, I've been following you for a long time, years and years and years. Beautiful account. Oh, I love Very it. inspiring. Mm-hmm. I do. I mean, I remember seeing when you first posted about going through divorce and mm-hmm. just, you know, my heart mm-hmm. went out to you and, and also- I have seen that you're thriving. So yes. through all of the hardship, so you see it, you see it all there and it's a great place to come and no matter what stage you're in, because we all go through hard things to find encouragement. Yes. So Alicia, this has been just such a delay. I can't wait to read your book. It has Whenever been. that comes mm-hmm. out, we always end our podcast with the same question and it's gonna be a good question for you. What is a favorite mm-hmm. moment of yours from childhood that was outside?
1: Yeah, this is a fun question. So when I was a child, I lived in Pennsylvania in a farmhouse built in the 1700s. What? Wow! So old and and uh, on 22 acres. So just a lot of land to roam around on. I was a creek that I loved, the willow tree. Um, but one of my favorite memories is that my dad and my siblings and I, there's five of us, uh, five siblings, and we would go um over the creek and there was this big hill on the other side, which was not part of our land. I think we asked the farmer per- for permission, but I'm not positive, but we would sled down it in the winters and it was just so fun. Um, And my siblings and I just still talk about like, I, I, Um, You know, as an adult, I don't always love winter, but like as a kid, like that was just so fun. Mm -hmm. We would just go and spend hours sledding down this huge hill um, with my dad and created those fun memories.
0: And it's just it really goes along with your story. It's just what was close by what was there and wow, what a story. Well, Lisa, this has been very inspiring to me. I'm so glad to know you. Really fun, even in this podcast, to get to know a little bit more. And uh, if people are interested in finding your writing, then I think they should definitely check out those Wild and Free bundles. And maybe even in the show notes, you could send me where they could find your specific writing if there's certain ones. Cause I know you can go back and buy certain of the bundles and find your articles. But then to know that, Any of the things you've edited, which is just incredible. I'm so (laughs) impressed by that. And uh, really, really have enjoyed talking with you today. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Jenny. Bye.